Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hey there, are you ready? Are you ready? Because today is the day when you start figuring out how to create a home you love. Right now, with what you already have and in the home you are currently living in. I'm Zandra, your host of the Style Matters podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. And listen, I truly believe that you shouldn't put off living inside something beautiful and energizing and nurturing for some kind of imaginary perfect life that is somewhere in the future. You need those things right now. So for this show, we talk about how to create a home that feels meaningful and works beautifully. If you're listening because you're overwhelmed by conflicting advice and too many choices, or you're listening because you've never felt very creative when it comes to decor, or maybe you're here because you're just as obsessed with design as I am and you can't wait to dig into creating that beautiful home, welcome. This community of listeners is your people. You found us, and I am so glad you're here. I just read a really important book. It's called Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. It already sounds kind of empowering, doesn't it? Today, I'm talking with the author and expert behind the very successful company, Declutterfly, Tracy McCubbin. I think we all feel we're powerless at times when we look around our homes and see pile after pile of clutter. And eventually, we'll roll up our sleeves and start getting rid of stuff and reorganizing. But how often do we get real with ourselves about why we're buying all this stuff in the first place? If you guess that we're trying to shop our way out of unhappiness and disappointment and feelings of insecurity, you've nailed it. But what Tracy does is explain why. Why is shopping so powerful? And what are the real holes in our lives that we're trying to fill? 
Once you've examined this, you can geek out on all the color-coordinating labels and beautifully stacked bins that you want. But before you try another organization hack or tool or system, listen to this conversation and let Tracy's words of wisdom really sink in. Let's go. Tracy McCubbin, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. I'm really excited about this interview. Sandra, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's just jump in. I want to talk about this this book. It's not your first book. Um, You think, how many organizing or decluttering books does there need to be in the world? And yet, you have managed to talk about something new and different and also brought in kind of where our minds are at, culturally speaking, at least in this country, because of the pandemic. So I want to start there. Um, as you say in the book, it forced us to confront how much stuff we've accumulated, because now we're, we're living with it inside our four walls. So what were you learning specifically from clients who you were helping during this time, what were they telling you? What was the over, some of the overarching themes that were coming out, lessons from the pandemic? You know, I got so many calls. Um, Interestingly, you know, my business, Declutterfly, which is a decluttering and organizing business, it shut down for about six weeks. And then I was like, you know, we provide moving and packing services and we we do a lot of senior downsizing. So we were an essential worker able to open up Oh. Uh, we got busy right oh. away, oh. right away. And one of the things that in the beginning, it was mostly return clients and they, they I got the same phone call or the same text. They're like, hi, do you remember all that stuff we decluttered two years ago? Well, I bought it all again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sure what happened, but it's a leaning tower of packages on my front. <sighs> stoop and I'm here. And between working from home and schooling from home, I've lost control of my house. So the pandemic work for us was really either moving people. We moved a lot of seniors in with their kids, versions of that, but it was people had just lost control of their homes. I think that's such a key word, control. They mm -hmm. they all of a sudden, I mean, it's not supposed to work that way. The stuff is not supposed to control us. No, no. And they were saying, you know, everyone had to readjust and people were working out of closets and, you know, and they just were like, I don't, I don't fit in my home anymore. And we're not happy. And, you know, for me, the, the thing that I talk about when I talk about clutter is that the way that I define clutter is the stuff that gets in the way of what you want to be doing. Mm. So, If you want to eat dinner at your dining room table, but you can't because there's packages return and mail. And so you end up eating on the, you know, on the couch in front of the TV, or you want to cook a breakfast, but your kitchen counters are so cluttered with, you know, unitaskers and appliances and dirty dishes. So it's really not, from my point of view, it's never been about the volume um, Mm -hmm. because that works different for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. really about, is your stuff getting in the way of the life you want to be living? And that is such a, like you said, that's such a personal individualized question, which takes the judgment out of it. It's not, you're not going, you must become a minimalist and have nothing on your counters and, you know, no extra anything that that's sort of a, that's a lifestyle choice that you are not 
prescribing saying this is the only best way. This is you are saying it's really up to you to really ask yourself, are you happy? Is your life working? Yeah, I think we get so used to, you know, walking around the junk pile. You don't see the, you know, the donation bin that's piled high. You, you know, you don't, you don't, you open the closet, things fall out and you just shove it back in. And, and I think sometimes we, we actually even stop seeing the clutter and we, we don't even realize why am I so anxious? And interestingly, scientifically, they have proven that we stop seeing the stuff we don't want to see. We literally, our brain can't, um, oh. can't process it anymore. Okay. So that's why when someone comes into your house and you're like, oh, right, that guest bedroom is now a storage depot. I just didn't even see it anymore. Right. So that's an actual scientific thing that happens. And then wow. the, the next level is every piece of clutter, every piece of stuff in your house is a decision you have to make. Do I use this? Do I want this? Where do I store it? Did I pay for, you know, so you're, you're putting yourself in, um, decision fatigue if your house is full of a bunch of stuff. So my whole purpose, exactly what you said, nothing to do with minimalism. I'm not prescribing, you know, a family of five needs way more stuff than my partner and I and his, you know, 18 year old daughter. Like we just don't need as much as, Mm-hmm. five kids and parents. So, you know, it's never about that. It's about, is your house working for you? Is your house supporting you? And does it make you happy when you come home? Mm. I want to now step back a little bit before we even get the clutter. Why are we buying stuff in the first place? And you spent some time talking about this in the book. Could you give us some examples of how we're tricking ourselves into thinking that a particular purchase will make us feel better. Oh, this is this is great. So to go back to kind of what I saw in the pandemic is this over shopping, like this huge spike in shopping. And, you know, it was people feeling out of control and like, oh, well, as long as I have a spiralizer and a bread maker, I have control of my life, right? So I really, I've been a professional declutter and organizer for 15 years. And I really started to look at the upstream effect of clutter. Like we all talk about decluttering and letting go, but I was like, you know, no one's addressing how that stuff gets into our house, right? right? No one's talking about that. And it doesn't just show up by mask bandit. We bring it in, right? (laughs) right? We're accountable for bringing it in. So I really was interested in like, why is it happening? And I did such a deep dive on the science of it and it kind of comes in addition to being advertised to, which they're playing on, we're still hardwired to be hunters and gatherers, okay. right? So when we were tribal, you know, we found an animal and we got the skin and we made a coat or we found a pear tree full of pears. We got rewarded with a hit of dopamine because mm-hmm. it insisted on our survival. Well, we haven't caught up with that. So now when you go to the grocery store and Oreos are on sale, (laughs) you get that same hit of dopamine as if it's life or death. Online buying is particularly insidious because you get a little dopamine hit when you put it in your cart. You get a little dopamine hit when you hit buy now. Get a little dopamine hit when the package shows up. So you're, you're creating this ongoing sort of, oh, I think this makes me feel better, but it's not lasting. To kind of go back to 
all the science behind it. This isn't about shaming people. This is about realizing that some of what's happening is out of our control. Right. And and that we need to educate ourselves and be aware and make better decisions. I mean, I talk, I'm, I'm sure you have talked about this on, on here, but you know, one of the biggest conversations I have with my clients is about fast fashion. Yes, right? sure. Like right. what it's doing to the environment, you know, what it's doing to the workers overseas. And, and the other thing is that stuff doesn't last. So people are like, well, I bought, you know, these t-shirts are only $5 and I bought 10 of them or 20 of them, but there's no substance. There's no quality. They're not lasting. And so you're sort of getting in the cycle of buying the new, buying the new, buying the new um, instead of investing in quality or things that fit you well or things that you love. And so we've just gotten so out of whack with the whole process. And and the same thing is happening um, in the in the decor industry, fast decor. It's the same thing. There used to be four seasons, you know, mm-hmm. spring, summer, winter, fall. Now there are all these micro seasons, which is exactly what the fashion industry ha- had done where you're changing out your vase and your throw pillows and your, you know, your, your, I don't know, your, your pots for your plants every three months or, or I'm sorry, every month. And then every three months is the big change because that's when the real season is. And, and, and it's just, it makes me kind of hyperventilate. It's so fast and it, and it's obviously so driven by product manufacturers uh, that, you know, that's what their business thrives on. Not to make them completely evil, but it, but it's um, because I think, like you're saying, that the the root of it is this dopamine hit. It's this feeling that we get that this this feeling of buying something that's a control move, buying mm-hmm. it, purchasing it, owning it, and then assuming or hoping or just praying that it's going to be the solution to an emotional issue, and that is what the bulk of your book is about. One thing that you talk about that, that I thought was particularly interesting that I hadn't heard before in this whole section about why we buy, um, you talk about the specialness spiral. Yeah. Give us an example <laughs> of a candle with a yeah. scent and then tell us what happens. So somebody buys a candle with a scent that they absolutely love and it's, it's, an, it's a special candle. Right. So maybe you're, you know, there's, you kind of splurge and get one of those higher end brands and you're like, I love this scent and I'm going to do this. And this is really special. And then you get it home and you make this decision. I'm going to save this for a special occasion. And then because of that, your brain's like, well, I can't burn it because it's special. I'm waiting for something special. And so you create this spiral of you putting off using this thing that is now you've deemed special, but then the occasion is never going to line up. So it just becomes something that you never use. And I want to flip that whole thing and say, every day is special. Every day is special. (laughs) Eat pizza off of the China, right? right? Like burn the beautiful candles, like use the lovely stuff. I, I, um, so many of my older clients who have beautiful, beautiful China, they're like, my kids don't want it, but I can't put it in the dishwasher. I'm like, then use it and put right. it in the dishwasher. Right. Use it. You love it. It's your wedding china. Like use it and celebrate it. Have the nice things. You are special. Your home is special. Use it. Like it's celebrate you. And that's what I think where good design and good quality and, you know, style that you love 
Absolutely. And fill your house with things that you love and use them. It's so funny I you think- say that because like the, um, I think we do the same thing with clothes, speaking of which we, we you know, we have well-made clothes, but I'm not even talking about fancy dress clothes. I'm just saying a well-made shirt, a well-made skirt, whatever, but we save it because, because we've also spent money on the old Navy $5 shirts. And so then you end up wearing the old Navy $5 shirt every single day. You never take that nicely tailored shirt out, which why not? You'll feel right. better, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. It's like, it's this whole, it's this whole um, uh, market out there of almost purposefully not special things because we need something to replace the special things with because we're not allowed to use the special things all the time. Yeah. It's so, I have, I have a client who, um, had all these beautiful shirts and kind of blouses that she bought when she was dating a lot. And then she met her husband, they got married and they had a kid. So she sort of one day was like, I just am wearing these schleppy t-shirts. Right. And she was like, you know what? I have this pretty blouse in the, in the, my closet that I have. A, and she put it on, she went and picked her daughter up from school. They went and got a cup of tea after school. Oh. And she was like, I ran into a friend. We chatted. Like, she was like, I just started wearing my nice clothes. Like, why was I, you know, she's a, she works from home. So she yeah. doesn't really have a chance, you know, and she was like, yes. all of a sudden, like I put on this beautiful blouse and I was, everyone kept saying, and she was like, do you know how great it felt to be out in the world and have people go, oh, you look so nice today. And that blouse looks so pretty on you. And it's like, that's why we buy the special stuff. So right. I'm like, use it, wear it, fill your home with it. Um, Absolutely. I just want to flip that whole script. I want to flip the script that things are special and you can't use them. I want to flip the script on why we shopped. And I think speaking of flipping the script, I, I, I feel like this whole book is sort of the other side of the coin from your first book. It is its own flip, right? And your last yep. book, which was called Making Space Clutter-Free, you introduced us to the seven clutter blocks. And I'll tell you, we all have <laughs> a few of them. Yeah, and, and that you you talk about things like not being able to give something up out of guilt because of who gave it to you or the things that you hold on for this, like you said, this fantasy future life that we might have someday. But in this book, it's it's the like I said, the other side of the coin. You introduce us to introduce us to the seven emotional clutter magnets, the things that we are attracting or attracted to that seemingly feel out of our control. So. Um, you can do a better job telling me by clutter magnets. So please do that before we dive into them. The way I see it is that we have these little, almost little holes inside of ourselves, these little pieces of ourselves missing. And somehow we think, oh, if I, if I put this thing in there, if I put this, if I buy this spiralizer, or I buy this Dyson hairdryer, it'll fill this hole. So we're trying to kind of magnetize the stuff to make us complete. And really what's going to fill all of that is the stuff we all know human connection right mm-hmm. like connect like we need to look at what we're missing are we missing connection are we missing self confidence do not get me started on the term anti aging oh. do not I, oh, I might have to actually, but keep going. <laughs> you know, are you buying things for free time? Are you buying or giving gifts to get love? Are you looking for self-respect? Are you trying to find your real purpose? If I take one more online course or if I mm. buy this book, what's my purpose? Or, you know, lasting wisdom. I'm, I'm going to spend all this money to get smarter. And 
yes, we are always on a path to self-improvement and that is life, right? I want everyone growing and stretching. But I want, if those things feel like they're missing to you, are you trying to fill them with the stuff? Yes. And I, like you said, you know, you, you, you said these are things we all know. We all need true connection. We all need to feel respected and, and self-confident, all that. So yes, I think that if you're thinking about reading this book, it's, it's, you have to be prepared to do a little bit of soul work. Yes. You know, you have to be ready. Like I'm going to face some things, but what I also liked about it is that there were things in there, these magnetizers, as you, as you refer to them, that I wasn't even aware I was doing. I wasn't even aware I was giving magnetic power to certain things so that's another reason to read the book. I mean, it's going to take you through the soul work that you're going to have to do if you want to get really serious about confronting your stuff. But it's also going to open your eyes to the things that you really might not even have thought about before. So, um, and, and that's yes. such a great point. And the thing that I want people to know, too, is my whole life's work you know, is to help people understand that they have power and control over their Mm. stuff, right? That we can change our relationship. Our stuff comes to us with no meaning. That crystal you got, that pencil, that locket from your mother, and we pile all the meaning on it so we can take the meaning away. We can dial the meaning back. I want people to go into this book knowing, yes, you're going to have to confront some stuff. You're going to have to get real honest, but it's also really empowering. Mm. It's really like, I want you to go, oh, right. I can have the kind of house that I want. Take the word when you, when you're talking about making a purchase, take the word need out of the sentence. I need a new pair of jeans. Okay. Do you, do you really, (laughs) how many pairs of jeans do you have? Now you can want a new pair of jeans, wide legged, high waisted or coming back in. I'm like looking at, you know, I'm like, wow, people are looking cute in those. You may want it and that's okay, but don't, don't conflate need and want because mm-hmm. we need very little. We mm-hmm. really need very little. Right. Absolutely. So I, so I think as soon as we get real with that need versus want, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a want. You know, is there something else going on in me right now that I'm pulling that one? Am I actually just feeling lonely? Do I need to really, actually, should I call a friend and take a walk and have a good conversation? You know, I think when you start to go, all right, I'm feeling something, not 100% sure what it is. I'm going to buy to find it, right? That's not, let me do some... Let me do some work on the icky feelings. Yes, you know, putting on the brakes. But that's really important that you said that, that it's, you know, I don't mean to scare people off. Oh, this is going to be some really tough soul work here. <laughs> I, I mean, it might be, but, but the point, is. let's remember the point here, which is to empower you, right? So the, yes. the ultimate feeling you're going to have is a feeling of, oh, I actually do have control of parts of my life that I thought I didn't have control over. Before we continue with the conversation, I want to jump in here for a minute and introduce you to my slow style approach to creating a home you love. Just like it sounds, slow style means taking your time and letting your home evolve by responding to what's going on in the rest of your life and reflecting who you are and who you want to become. 
Now, I know that sounds really abstract, but I don't want you to think that slow style means you're just waiting around for inspiration to strike. I know you need practical, hands-on ways to actually develop your signature style. And that's what I'm passionate about, taking the mystery out of creative thinking when it comes to design and helping you define what your dream home actually looks like. And the best way to start is to get really clear on what your style is. Now, I'm not talking about style categories like I'm farmhouse or I'm boho. I'm talking about a one-of-a-kind definition that is very specific to who you are. And we've got a blueprint that will help you do just that. It's our free style guide. I'll walk you through some questions and get you thinking about how you want to show up in your home. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style guide button right there on the homepage. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm going to ask you, so don't be surprised when we start having a back and forth conversation about your home. I'm all in and I hope you are too. All right, let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about a couple of these um, magnets, as you refer to them, these clutter magnets in particular. Let's start with the true connection one, which is, you know, that's pretty deep stuff. I mean, in the chapter, you know, you describe how a lot of the elderly, for example, they, they, they go out and they go shopping because it is the only time they have any human connection in their day. Uh, you know, I remember years ago, my grandmother had a friend who lived out in the country, 25 minutes outside of town, and they were both widows. And so they would call each other every night to say goodnight, make sure everybody was okay. Nice. And it, it came to find out that this, my grandma went out to her house one day and the house was full of very, very cheap um, knockoff oriental rugs. Okay. And my, like full, like 30 okay, weird. All, yeah. rolled, right. all rolled up. And oh. It, and it turned out that some salesman had been calling oh. her every oh. night and would talk to her for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes and oh. sell her these rugs for $10,000. Wow. And that was the first time that I really became aware of it that. Oh, she's out there lonely out in the country, yes. not driving like she used to and not in community. And then all of a sudden this person calls up. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's, you can understand it's, it. Totally, totally. And if you were isolated during the pandemic and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can at least go shopping in a mask and yep. I can chat with that salesperson, you know, look, I, that, that is a job I we all need to buy things. People need to sell things. I get it. But at the end of the day, most salespeople aren't your friend. They're friendly. Right. They're totally right. friendly. Great. But that is not a true connection. And so much science has been done on how longevity relates to having relationships. Okay. That's right. like one of the driving factors in longevity is, is um, exercise, yep. consistent exercise, brain exercises, playing cards, crossword puzzle. But the biggest factor in longevity is long-term friendships. Wow. Amazing. The power that it has. Amazing. Okay. So if you're looking to fill that and you're sort of going outside of yourself and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to the store every day or I'm chatting with my favorite barista and I ended up buying three more things than I wanted. I, I think there's this whole thing I didn't know about, about people collecting these plastic Starbucks cups and every couple of weeks they come out with a new color oh. and everyone has to have every color of oh. plastic cups. Brilliant marketing. 
brilliant marketing. And and there was a part of me where I, I saw this interaction between this young woman and the barista and she clearly goes in there and the barista's like, oh, we have the new color. And they had this whole conversation. Yeah. And I had this thought where I was like, oh, you two should just go out, like take a walk <laughs> together. Cause you, they were chatting and laughing. Yeah. And I was like, this is a blooming friendship. Yes. You don't need the plastic cup. That's right. You know? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we get, you know, we, I just want people to, to, kind of go like, what am I trying to fill? What am I trying to magnetize towards Mm -hmm. myself with this stuff? And is there another way that I can get it? Yes, absolutely. You've already mentioned free time as one of Mm -hmm. the things we crave. (laughs) And we're using some stuff to replace actual free time. But but tell us what's going on there. There's some there's some you know, like you said, gadgets that that supposedly free up our time. Technology—that's technology's big promise. Oh, Does anyone yeah. feel like they have more free time because no. of technology? Yeah, but th- there's this <laughs> other part of the free time wish, uh, the free time desire, that need that we crave as humans. Um, tell us about your friend Maggie and her mixtapes. We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a -a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Oh yeah, that's such a great one. So that this is a friend and a client, and we she had uh, had been graduated college lawyer, all the fancy places, had a big job, got married, had kids, made the decision with her family to raise her kids, and you know, as as mothers, who that is a job beyond all jobs. Sure. You know, and, but she was all of a sudden, she's like, I'm just the cook and the bottle washer and the driver. And yep. I used to be this. And it, it was sort of confronting and, and it was coming up as we were organizing her office, her home office. And, okay. and one of the things that we found were these boxes and boxes and boxes of mixtapes she'd made in college. Okay. And I was like, Oh my God, these were so fun. And we remembered like dancing in our dorm rooms to them. Yeah. And, you know, they were great. And I was like, okay, 
this is fantastic. Like, let's do, you know, and she's like, I'm like, but you can't play them anymore. And she's like, we're not getting rid of these. And I was like, well, do you have a cassette player? She's like, no, but I, I, no, we can't get rid of these. Like I, no, I put so much time into them. I put so much time. And she was so wrapped around the axles about the time investment that she put into it. And it was like, I I put all this time in, I can't just let this go because that means that time meant nothing. Yes. And in some ways, I think it was representative of, I'd gone to college, I'd gone to law school, now I'm raising my kids. Does that mean that meant nothing? Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you can see that she's having, you know, she's questioning her identity, her value, her worth. All, all the things that we all, all the do, things. especially women, especially mothers. Yeah. And so what I said to her, you know, so what we got down to was I was like, look, this making these tapes, it was a, it was part of your personal development. It was part of you creating friendships. We all listen to them. We all love them. They it was not a waste of time. By letting go of them, it was not a waste of time. So how can you, you know, kind of rework this? Mm-hmm. How can you understand like this? You did this. This was the technology. You had a great time doing it. It created a great memory. You know, maybe there's a hole in your life that you need filling. Mm-hmm. And what we got down to, the kids were older now. They didn't need her quite as much. They were, one of them was driving. Yeah. She was, she was like, oh, right. She started volunteering. She took oh. her legal skills, started volunteering just was like whole new world, like wow. happier, happier with her kids. And then she called me up. She's like, Oh, one of the young interns showed me how to work Spotify. So she just, <laughs> she actually, because what the, the deal I did make with her, we got rid of the tapes, but she kept the, the little insert with what song yes. were on it. Yes. So I was like, okay, you can keep those. So she recreated all those tapes oh as playlists gosh. on Spotify. Wow. And much, much to her, you know, coworker chagrin, she was blasting the eighties. <laughs> I love it. But that, that is such a great story because I think when we, we talk about free time. Oh, I wish I had more free time. We are almost always referring to wanting to find gadgets that will help us get that. Yeah. You are also talking about this idea of the investment of time, which we know is valuable, into something and then having it feel meaningless afterwards. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to repeat everything you've just said, but to me, it's it's almost worth repeating because I feel like the same is true. We talk about sunk costs, right? In, uh-huh. in core and in furniture, you don't want to get rid of something because you spent a thousand dollars on that couch, even though it's the most uncomfortable couch in the world. And it's this, you feel like it's the sunk cost and it's going to be worth nothing to me. It's like throwing money away if I get rid of it, instead of thinking about how much it's costing you to actually keep it. <laughs> right, right. And uh, that right. You, that's such a great, because that, first of all, that sunk cost in the first book, Clutterbox, that's Clutterbox number seven, the stuff I keep paying for. Sometimes we just make mistakes. Totally. Oh my gosh. We bought a new couch. I bought it on an impulse. I don't like it. It's not comfortable. It's just not comfortable. And so we keep, you know, we're sort of going back. Well, we just bought this only a year ago. And I was like, I was like, I know, but we don't sit on what happens is we actually don't sit on it. You avoid it. Yeah. We have this thing in the middle of our living room. That you're walking around. Yeah. That we don't like, I'm like, okay, so it doesn't matter what I spend on it because we're not using it. Right. Right. What I'm encouraging people with this book, Make Space for Happiness, is to be thoughtful, to be mindful, to invest in yourself. Yes. Yes. 
I'm going to wrap up by asking you why does style matter, even though I feel like we're, we're really getting it. I mean, this is it, right? You just yeah. said it. It's, it's make space for happiness. But how would you like to expand on that question? Style matters. I love this question. Um, I just love it because I believe that your tool, your home is a tool. It rests you, it replenishes you, it restores you, it builds you up. And so in that, the style of your home needs to lift you up. Mm -hmm. Right. That your style choices need to come from um, how they support you, not what it looks like for somebody else. I have been in those homes that they have hired the best of the best of the best and they've created it. I've heard the conversations of like, I want to get an architectural digest. I have organized those homes. Those people are not any happier. Mm. And sometimes a little less. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. style matters because I want a home that's your style, stylish to you, and supports you. And I think that good style, good design, quality pieces do that. 100%. And final question, <laughs> how does clutter keep us from doing that? It's, it's, uh, it's a waste of time. It's, it's your, if your house is full of clutter, if it's full of things that you don't need, want, or use, you're using all this energy and all this time to move things and put things and get them out of the way that it, it, it really like sounds so woo woo, but it clogs up your true essence. Tracy, thank you so much. We really, for those of you listening, we barely scratched the surface of what her (laughs) book touches on. Well, not to touches on, dives deep into these seven clutter magnets. Um, I'm saying that wrong. What? What? what No, seven emotional clutter magnets. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That that I just think it's eye opening. I think you're going to really. I think it's going to help you understand your own reasons for buying stuff. And yes, you're going to have to do some confrontation with yourself. But like we've been saying, it is, it's really empowering and energizing. And that's certainly how I felt when I finished the book. So Tracy, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Zandra. This was an amazing conversation. Amazing. Okay, I hope that was helpful and inspiring. Do check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com, where you can see photos and links from this episode, learn about my slow style approach to design, and grab your free style guide to get you started on your signature style today. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.